This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Monday, February 25th, 2019. We're at Mobile World Congress 2019, and my guest is Michael Josh of Gadget Match. Hey, Miriam. It's really great to join you again. It's an exciting show this year. I know, right? Uh, I mean, every year we, we want to be excited. This year, I feel like I I kind of was. Well, it's sunny, for one, yes. which is very nice. The weather nice. is great. And not snowing, yes. which is also great. I mean, it, it hasn't really snowed that often, but last I mean, year was the, nasty. Yes. People might say, hey, Miriam, it doesn't snow in Barcelona, but last year here in Barcelona, we were out actually outdoors having a coffee, and it started snowing. That's right. And it was extremely cold and miserable because Barcelona isn't ready for snow. It was gray, it was nasty, and this is so much better. So now that we've kind of preambled about how wonderful it is here, there are wonderful things happening here, and we've both been briefed. It's Monday, so it's day one of Mobile Congress. For us, it's really kind of day three because we had briefings on Saturdays, press conferences on Sundays, more this morning, etc. So I think we should go chronologically through what we've seen and kind of like comment on it. Right. I would say let's start with uh, like past Samsung since I'd already covered that. Mm-hmm. Maybe past Xiaomi too because I did a pretty extensive Mi 9 or a roundup discussion with Andy Boxel last week. Yeah. So let's start with, did you go to Alcatel? I, I did. I did go to Alcatel. So maybe that... Sure, we can start there. Uh, T, uh, so basically, it's this company, uh, group of companies, Alcatel, yep. TCL, BlackBerry. So they did show us a couple of things. The first, of course, the thing that caught our eye was the foldable, uh, their version of a foldable phone. Uh, in fact, I just published a video right before this podcast. Uh, they are trying to... Um, find a way to create a foldable phone that more people can afford. Yeah, it's interesting because they're already thinking like, okay, Gen 3, Gen 4 kind of thing. When can we bring this to a sub-$1,000 price point, maybe even a sub-$500 price point? Right. So they had some kind of concepts there, which I thought were interesting. Particularly, I love the one that just looked like a normal phone when it was unfolded, like Uh the same width and height. And then it it kind of folded into like a a razor. Yes, exactly. That's that's exactly the, the thought that I had when I saw that phone. I was like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing? I know everybody's trying to create a foldable phone that transitions from phone to a more practical use of, of it, of the technology to a tablet. But wouldn't it be amazing if they just gave us another Razer phone, a foldable a foldable display, right? I know. Um, that's what I kind of geeked out about. And it, they have a little holster for it. Yeah. You can clip it on your belt. So it was a lot of design exercise. You know, obviously these were mock-ups, but they looked feasible. And, um, you know... We've seen some, we'll get to some of the stuff we've seen since then that really show that, you know, we're way past what we saw last week with the Galaxy Fold already. Right. And it's incredible that the industry is moving so quickly. I really feel this is my theme for MWC this year. The industry is moving really quickly. Right. And also 5G. I mean, it's everywhere. Right. And we know that and we've been bombarded and saturated with 5G propaganda almost, it feels like. Yes. But I want to say, 
I'm I'm really happily surprised because the phones are here. They're real. They're launching soon. Right. They don't look thick. They don't look bulky. They it's don't no look longer ugly. just a promise anymore. Just like the foldable phones, right? Yeah. I mean, we saw what Yo Samsung Yoam flexible displays at CES. What uh, twenty? I don't even know. Five seven They've been years ago. They've working on this for seven years, I think. Seven. Yes, and I I remember that. Still, I can still vividly remember that video of that that foldable display that rolls up into a lipstick and that that guy you know uh get ca uh, stealing another per another person's date because he had that little foldable tablet now <laughs> it's real and 5g is real uh it, it I mean, is it's here happening. they it's have here. networks live orange has a live network here uh i'm sure voda too uh, maybe Telefonica as well, uh, Movie Star, whatever they're called here. But I mean, look, the reality is to me, what's really exciting is that TCL showed these concepts that were, you know, you could see them coming to life in stores available in 2021 or something right. for 650 US. And it's good dollars, that there right? are people thinking about the long term of this. We'll wait out the, because there is a lot of almost impractical uh kind of like just display of 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 what we can do uh also uh, you know they will be available at really extremely high price points but it's an exercise that needs to be done exactly right? because if we don't you know if they don't sell these prototype futuristic devices we're never going to get to a point where the masses can, can will have that you know yeah. uh that is just the way technology uh works but it's nice that people are already thinking about what the next gen will be like yeah and that's what i loved about this little display we couldn't touch them we took photos of them i'll put some on my instagram we were not able to touch any foldable phone yet. here yet here at mwc so far yet and i think this gonna you know if you're a journalist and you're listening to this and it's still you're still at mwc like in a couple of days. We're, it's still day one. So like, yeah, so. Maybe try to get your sights on that uh, and maybe like do a last minute, oh, look, I managed to you know, corner some exec that I was willing to let me touch something. I was able to touch something Off today. Off the record, but, but I, I, couldn't, really, I, I couldn't show really a video. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that would be a good teaser. Yeah. Um, but um, so to me, the takeaway there was it's, it's, you know, again, it's real, it's coming. 5G is real, 5G is coming. Folding phones are real, they're coming. And... Also, you know, form factors might really change because of this. Right. And that's kind of exciting to me because I'm kind of bored of the slab. I mean, you have an iPad Pro in front of you and it's a gorgeous piece of hardware. It's my favorite looking, not just tablet, but device. I really feel they kind of have this iPhone 4, iPhone 5 yes. design that I love so much, the bronze design. But it's still ultimately just the slab of glass that is designed to put up front the app I think that as, you're as using, human right? beings our attention span uh for for fun things you know only has a certain shelf life yeah. and we're already at that point where we're bored and i think as tech journalists we're even more yeah. bored and so i think you're right 2019 is the tipping point year right yeah. where we yeah. will, where we hit this corner on the road this fork in the road and we kind of like take a turn for the towards the future you know it's funny because i kept saying last year that Oh, 2019, obviously 5G, and but folding phones were just kind of like, whatever, late 19, 20, whatever. But I was my, in my mind was more like the the full screen display, like is going to become a reality. Everybody's going to have it, yeah. And we're seeing some of that, but it's gone beyond this now. We're right. kind of like, of course you do a full screen display. You know, for example, the next kind of thing we saw, you know, was Xiaomi 
uh, yesterday morning at their press conference, the only like we talked about the Mi Nine last show, but they actually showed a Mi Mix Three Five G, and you know there again is a full screen phone that has a bit of a mechanical slider for the front facing camera system. Mm-hmm. I do like that, phone, and I, I think it's a beautiful phone. And you know, boom, the, it looks identical to the non five G version, which mm-hmm. really goes to show how five G can be integrated in almost anything. Right, and then Qualcomm today, uh, it, it's so interesting because it's almost like people are going to say. Oh, why do we care? There's an announcement today about a chip that will appear, the 5G chip right. for next year's phones. But that's very important. I know. It's not something that, because we we know that next year's phone will be smaller, will uh, will be able to have, you know, right? Form factors that yeah. there's there's yeah. no tell, there's no telling the difference. So, so that's actually interesting you bring that up because there was a press conference today at Qualcomm. They kind of went over the whole thing. And usually, you know, you go to these and it's like, Pie in the sky 5G scenarios, but now it's real because you can see phones here that are running on real networks. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, they're looking at like you know industrial applications, you know IoT and mm-hmm. car applications. And uh, you know these were always very pie in the sky. So was the phones, but now that the phones are real, it felt mm-hmm. like to me like oh well maybe this IoT stuff will become real. And maybe steps this, are being taken this toward vehicle, the vehicle stuff will become real. I mean I know technically it's possible, but yep. you know it has to be adopted. Right. So. The news about Qualcomm that's really significant is that, you know, three, two months ago, December, at, at uh, Qualcomm's conference in Hawaii, they announced the X50 LT, uh, 5G, sorry, 5G modem. And big deal, right? Uh, uh, one chip, very integrated solution, power efficient, blah, blah, blah. Then you still needed a separate chip for LTE. So you could pair it with Snapdragon 855 because it has LTE in it. Right. And then together you get a solution, right? Or if you were like decided to use a MediaTek chip or to use some other chip, you could pair the X50 with an X24 LTE modem right. and whatever chip of your choice that does the compute stuff. Right. And, or, you know, et cetera. And then last week they announced an X55, which combines the LTE and the 5G as a Gen 2 product, even smaller, more battery efficient. And today, they announced that, I mean, they didn't give it a name, but they said that they're going to sample by the end of year from manufacturers a third generation chip where the 5G and LTE are integrated in a Snapdragon processor chip and system right. on a chip. So now we're going to see like a Snapdragon 8 something. And you know how fast things are moving? A lot of smartphone brands now are setting up shop in San Diego. Uh, at Qualcomm headquarters, yeah. uh, I know of a couple of them, uh, Xiaomi included, yeah. Yeah. who are, because innovation, uh, I believe HMD as well, uh, because innovation is so fast, they just want to be a next door neighbor so that they can be just part, part of this, this process that is happening. OnePlus is also working closely with them. Um, so, yeah. And it's not just Qualcomm. I mean, there is, you know, Xia- uh, Huawei. Huawei, sorry. Huawei showed, you know, a new, like not a new, but a recently released 5G modem, yep. which looks very competitive. Mm-hmm. And we know they're pretty dominant in 5G because yes. they've been developing this in-house for yes. years. And they also and they have the networks. networks. Right, yeah. exactly. So it's really interesting. But, you know, the reason I brought up Xiaomi is because, you know, I didn't expect, like, I was going to this press conference just kind of like to do lip service to like, let's do a morning press conference to get my day started because it's going to be a crazy day. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Mi 9, we, we covered that. And then they sh- you know, show up with a Mi Mix 3 5G. Yeah, and they have a price tag and a date for it. May, Which is nice. May, May 2019. 
for $5.99 euros. Five, which is insane. So this is telling you that 5G phones are not necessarily going to be much more pricey right. than their 4G counterparts. Right. Because how much is a regular Mi Mix 3? Um, Do we know? I can't remember. I need to pull that yeah, data, yeah. It's like a hundred, maybe $100 less. It's, yes. Or close, $50. It's right. really a small difference. Right. And that, and and as far as I know, they're they're physically identical, like externally. They might be yes. a little bit thicker, but like we're talking fractions of a millimeter here. Right. So right. wow. So yeah. So then, um, you know, we had more briefings on Saturday, but most of them are covered by the press conference that we had yesterday. So Xiaomi was the first press conference we went to, and then Huawei. Then was Huawei, and so Huawei wowed us with I the like, way. I see what you did. Sorry, I, <laughs> I see what you did there. Crazy, you know, it's like I. I have so many puns to be had with Huawei, but but I, was I mean, good on Huawei for uh, they did tease us, so we knew that was coming. Yeah, but I mean, the leaks were pretty much held till towards the end, right? I mean, I know. So yeah, let's talk about the stuff that's less exciting first, because yes. I okay. I haven't even given it love on my Instagram yet. Okay, I have a device to review, and I haven't even talked about it publicly yet. Yet it's been public for a day, and that's the brand new MateBook X Pro. They took the X Pro. Laptop, the 15-inch, beautiful, high-end, super thin MacBook Air, no, MacBook Pro competitor that yes. they made last year. Mm -hmm. And they said, hey, let's just make it better, in which we all wanted and we kind of expected. But I really love that they didn't change the general Me design, that they kept this beautiful unibody, thin, light shape with a be almost bezel-less display. And then they went... With uh, newest HN Intel. For me, it's the uh, the in, the discrete the, graphics yeah. card. MX two fifty. Two fifty. That's insane. So I mean, for cause, I mean, if you're a hardcore gamer or you know video editor, maybe not. But if you're just editing like I do, uh, basic cut to cut. Yeah. It's it's a really powerful. That's it's good fast. enough for it, a lot of the really hardcore great. sort of hardcore stuff that people and do. I'm trying to think what else they did. They added NFC. To some so, models, not all of so them. So there's a sticker, NFC sticker, uh -huh. uh, on right over here on the right-hand side towards the touch bar, uh, which is used for... It's almost their version of Apple's um, uh, being able... It's just a sticker, so it's not actual hardware It's not inside. a sticker. Apparently, I was told during my briefing that if you peel off the sticker, you lose the NFC. I don't know um, how that works particularly. Wow. Uh, I'm not techie enough, but uh, it's an easy way to be able to send files. So you right. basically tap your phone... Huawei phone. Yes. Onto your laptop. But you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if, I mean, obviously that feature right now is only on Huawei devices, but, you know, they could technically. It could be a protocol that they opened up. It could be an APK that they put on their phones that anybody can download and a Windows app you put on your laptop if it has NFC and anybody can download. But it's almost like AirDrop on a Mac. Yeah, correct. It's kind of an NFC based implementation, AirDrop. I think Samsung has a similar thing already, but they don't. I, they don't really make a big fuss about it. You know what Huawei did really well, though, is the way the animation. Um, yeah. it, it, it's it's almost like being when you touch it, you can really almost visually sucked. see it sucked out of your phone into the display. And, and that was done really well. Didn't they update the Wi-Fi to a faster Wi-Fi or something? Yes, fi faster Wi-Fi, faster Bluetooth. So that's also why this thing works like it does. Because like they were able to transfer like uh, four, five, five, yeah, they have four or five, five photos, photos yeah. like virtually in the blink of an eye, yeah. which is because both the Mate 20 Pro... And that new Huawei MateBook X Pro support the faster Wi-Fi, I think 1.3 megabits right. per second or whatever. Uh, no, 1.3 I have it in my notes somewhere. But yeah, yeah, no, but it's the faster... It is the faster It's either 1.3 or 1.6 Wi-Fi. It's not Wi-Fi 6, though. I don't think it's AX. 
I'd have to check, but I'm pretty sure it's not Wi-Fi AX. Um, they did announce they did announce a Wi-Fi AX router though, which was really. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I was too it's excited okay. about what was going to come um, next. And if you have the specs here, that would be great. Uh, but anyway, no. yeah. Sorry. The point is that it's a new laptop. It's going to be just as awesome last year. If I had one niggle, one nitpick mm. of anything that I would have done better on this last year's laptop mm. that they've carried over to this year's, I, it's it's contentious because some people love it. It's the camera, camera embedded yeah. in the function keys. Agreed. On one hand, I love the ability to the, the privacy. You can hide it and it cannot see anything. Yeah. But at the same time, it's you know it's that bottom view that if you're a little chubby like me, gives you a little bit like a oh, the anybody, chubby neck. Anybody from that angle. Um, and I like how the MateBook 13, 13. is at the top, yeah. yet the bezel is still really thin. So what I'm wondering is, is there any way they could implement it so it's at the top, but have like a physical uh, cover on it or Which something? Which is really what you nice. could do from a lot of the Lenovo laptops. Right. The shutter, privacy shutter. shutter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, agreed. During my briefing. That was after reviewing the, the MateBook 13. I was like, yeah, this is... I mean, while last year you were like, ooh, look at that. This is, cool. this is cool. It wasn't really uh, practical. Yeah. And so when I got the MateBook 13, I was like, oh, they learned their lesson. They've, they've, they've corrected it. And then when they did our briefing, I was like, oh. But if you look, I mean, I, I haven't... I haven't only looked at the demo devices we touched, but I know my MateBook X Pro from last year really well, and I think their chassis are 100% identical. Yeah. So, it, and I wouldn't be surprised from that. I if the that, displays yeah. are even identical at that point. Did they make a brighter display? Mm, I'm not 100% sure. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that you're just getting the, like the faster, newer Intel chip, faster, newer NVIDIA chip, which is really great, mm-hmm. and you're getting that, that NFC uh, Huawei share feature. But that's kind of my gut. Uh, about about the, that laptop and the pricing. Did they announce any pricing? I didn't see pricing, but I'm if sure it's going to be like similar to, to last yeah. year, yeah, it probably fourteen hundred, fifteen hundred for yeah. the uh, i seven model. Um, yeah, I mean, this was a when they announced last year, they kind of blew us out of you know they you, they blew us away because we're like wow, Huawei can actually make a really good. Windows laptop. And I mean, for it was a lot of us, in that direction. The original MateBook X, right? And and I was like, yeah, but but now with last year, I was just like, yeah, okay, you're done, you're good. Like this. Yeah, is... and for a lot of people, it was like, well, this is one of the best Windows laptops you can buy today. And so for me, it was a solid update. I I like the MateBook 13. I'm the MateBook to. X Pro. The new MateBook X Pro. Not, right. There's no new name for it. Uh, we're going to do what we do with Macs and iPads. It's going to be the MateBook X Pro 2019. Yes, in brackets. I, in brackets yes. Um, so the other thing they announced, it's not as important, I didn't spend as much time with it, is a MateBook 14, which is interesting because it's a hybrid between the 13 in terms of specs and the MateBook X Pro in terms of chassis size. Uh, it's a little thicker. It's going to be cheaper. But it has a pop-up camera. It does. So it, it's funny, Weird. and it has more ports. A lot more ports. A lot more ports. Surprisingly, they have a USB Type C. That's not surprising, but they have, and they have still an HDMI port on it, like a full size. Oh, can I have one complaint about the MateBook X Pro? The positioning of the like, while you while you do have an X amount of USB C ports, only some ports have the charging. Only some ports have right. the because it has full speed Thunderbolt. One oh, of yeah, them. they've added Thunderbolt. They've 3, added yes. full, full speed full because speed last thunder. year wasn't full speed. Yeah, so 
Uh, but, yeah, but it's like, only limited to. But it's to, interesting. The MateBook 14 has on one side, the left side has it has the USB-C for charging, and it has a headphone jack, and it has HDMI, a full HDMI full port, HDMI. and then on the other side, I think it has another USB-C. I think two USB and two, two USB-A, USB-A. But one is three, and one is two, which is really weird. Yeah. And I mean, why two USB-A's? Honestly, you only need one. If you got yeah. like the MateBook X4 has only got one, which is amazing. Yeah. But like honestly, at this point, if I'm gonna have a USB-A point on a laptop, I just want one, just right. for legacy. I and I want everything else to be U Thunderbolt and USB-C. Yeah, agreed. So that's obviously I'm, it's a different market. I don't know how I feel about the 14 because I really love the 13. Yes. I really love the 13 and. Because they put them into the same category, just for everyone listening, for the benefit of everybody, Huawei kind of uh, names their their laptops based on the user that it's meant for. So right. there's like a, oh, I'm not really good with the names, but there's a the X and the Pro are the high end ones, Correct. right? So the X is kind of the middle of the road yeah. ones. Yeah. Oh, sorry, not not X, just the MateBook. MateBook is the middle of the road, with, which we saw on the MateBook 13 at CES. Yeah. The MateBook 14 is like a hybrid between the Pro and the 13, but it doesn't feel like it's in the same family No, to it me. doesn't. It feels like a low-end product to Yeah, me. so I'm kind of confused there. I really love the 13, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, my only gripe with the 13, and I already covered this on the show before, is that it's actually not unibody metal. It, it is a sandwich of unibody. Like, the lid is unibody, the bottom lid is unibody, but the edge is plastic, and I'm like... Oh no! What have you done? So you, obviously, if you if you have felt both the Pro and the MateBook, they will definitely feel different, and you can really feel how premium the X Pro is. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah. when you don't have much of a comparison, but I'm it's surprised all right. they haven't refreshed the MateBook X non-Pro, the smaller I one, the super if, thin MacBook twelve uh, inch. I wonder if, even if that's going to stay around. To be honest with you, yeah, I'm not really one hundred percent sure. It's probably not a big cash cow for them. Yeah. So this is a much better move. Yes, because I don't want them to kind of like overwhelm their portfolio with too many SKUs. That's kind right. of always confusing. And so now that we've done a segue into the <laughs> land of laptops, and you did not expect that at MWC, I'm sure we're not going to talk about phones again because Huawei did all this, and we wanted to give them some love because we haven't really. They kind of like honestly, nobody's talking about these laptops because it's a phone show, and it's kind of weird that they launched them here. Anyway, but then I think it was a bit of a distraction on purpose to kind of get us like dulled out, and then we're like, yeah, whatever. You made some laptops, get to the meat of it, Huawei, and then, boom, they dropped a boat anchor on all of us. Uh-huh. Like, I, like it felt like an anvil in the cartoon because I believe I uttered the word wow out loud, which does not happen much. We're all super jaded and cranky journalists. We are the most jaded. We are the, the most, most cranky picky. and the hardest to please. I know. We're the picky little terrible people sometimes. And then, like, they blew us away. So the Mate X is the phone. It's folding phone with 5G. It's amazing. And it's amazing because it feels to me like a Gen 2 product. When last week, Samsung launched their Gen 1 product they've been working on for seven years. And it's hard to explain unless you look at the pictures and videos we've both published. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll get it once you do. It's like maybe not Gen 2, but Gen 1.5 at least. It's, it's so much sexier. I hate using it that word because it's so sec- cliche. It is definitely sexier, sleeker, thinner. Uh, I got some extra time simpler. today. It's simpler. I, I like think that. it's very practical too. I mean, yeah. all those three when it it has three modes basically 
just think of it as a device with three displays. It's hard Correct. to kind of like... Yeah, it's one display that can turn into three, into three display. displays. Three modes. They all have... They all are useful. Um, and it's funny, just... I want to just... Men- worth mentioning Samsung, because when we... Uh, I was in San Francisco for the yeah. S10 launch, and of course, all of us were wondering, would will we be able to see it? They started mm-hmm. their presentation with it. There were demos, but after, at the Experience Zone, it was never to be seen again. I mean, yeah. we... It, it was not... In a glass case, at, at least we thought that would have been the minimum. But it wasn't even shown off. It's finally here on the show floor. Oh, it's here? But, and it is... Be- it's behind glass? Behind a really reflective glass uh. case. It's uh, I don't know if it's on. It doesn't look like it's on, and it's not in folded mode. Ah. So... So you can't see... So, yeah. yeah. So you, you definitely need to go and see it. I'll but what, it I guess the reason why I'm saying this is because... Um, Huawei has been at least brave enough to show us their Without device glass. up close. We're not yeah. allowed to touch it. Yeah, but there is there have been you know people sh- uh, you know holding it, showing it off off today. So when we first got our briefing, we got like what really five two five minutes, minutes each yeah. Yeah. Uh, to 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 see it. Today I got a longer briefing. Oh, so I got to see, I got to. Almost touch it. Basically, we took selfies with it. Oh wow! We, I was like, can it do this? I basically, it, it was almost like I had to voice control a robot to do the things I wanted to do. Right, but right. I was like, can it do this? Can it do this? What about? Can you do that? Can you fold this? Can you take a selfie? Can you try this? So we 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 so tried out a it, lot it, of things. It wasn't just running as some kind. It of was working. Demo loop. It was it really was working. working. It wasn't a demo loop. Wow. Yeah. So because that, yeah, I was asking them to do. And things so we on the don't fly. know anything about Samsung other than it's coming out for nineteen eighty or whatever dollars. What scares me or. Or, or gives me confidence April, at the same time whatever? as April. There is an April release date. Uh, and a, yeah. And by the way, I do want to note that I got it wrong last week on the show. I kept saying $1,890, but it's $1,980. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because... So Huawei, let's let's explain it for those people who are listening who don't know. So the, the Samsung folds such that the display is like a book. It's inside when folded. Mm-hmm. And then because of that, since you can't take calls that way or do whatever, they have another display on the outside, which is smaller and skinnier. It's a 4.6-inch display. And the problem is that it has so much bezel because, you know, whatever for whatever reason, I, I don't know, they couldn't afford or couldn't put a almost full-screen display in the front like a normal Galaxy phone. Um, that it looks like an iPhone from 2010. You yeah. almost expect a home button at the mm-hmm. bottom. There's just so much bezel. So I, I always, I immediately felt that the the Samsung, the Galaxy Fold felt frumpy in design from day one because of that screen in the front. Mm-hmm. And then because of the, um, because the screen unfolds like a book, you, you can't have cameras on the back mm-hmm. if you want to take selfies with the screen unfolded. So you have that little notch in the top left corner or right corner, sorry, with the cameras. And right. then you have cameras in the back so you can do back photography. And of course, if it's folded, you need a camera in the front. So it has all these cameras. So, yes, so, you, so you, the components increase. Right, so it seems complicated. There's notches on the displays. There is also extra cameras. And then here's the thing I didn't know when I made the show last, mu- last week when we talked about the Galaxy S10 with Andy Boxel. I didn't realize that when it closes the Samsung Galaxy Fold, it actually does not fold flat. It's like the Royal a little bit, but mm. less so. It, it kind of has to yeah. have a curve so it can't have a fold. That's, just, that's and what they were Because dis- of that, it, it's a bit taco-shaped 
And it's, it's going to, I think it's something like 1.6 centimeters when closed on one end and then thinner on the other end. Right. And that to me is kind of like, again, not the best design. So, so, you know, this is what our expectations were. And then Huawei comes along and yeah. goes, okay, mid X, check it. And it's like, it folds outside like the Royal. So basically mm-hmm. the screen, it's the other, yeah. the, it's the the other way. And because the of that, they're able to make that, that curve of the part of the folding screen, uh, you know, on the outside, right. meaning that it folds flat and it folds flat and it's, it's only 10.1 millimeters thick when folded. Five millimeters when unfolded. It's insane. They were thin. very, they, they really wanted to point that out that they can kind of fold it close, fold it shut. Uh, uh, and, Going back to TCL, where, which we started with, they they also told us that the the hinge is the hinge technology is probably maybe even more important now in terms of an engineering than the display. Than the display. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, the reps from Huawei told me the same thing. It's all about this hinge. They have a name for it. The, the Falcon, Falcon wing. wing. I know. Um, it's like so copy of Elon and the Tesla Model but it's, X. But it's cool. It's cool. It's, it's cool. almost Apple-ish. You know that yeah. they have these fancy yeah. names, uh, but. So yes, their hinge seems to work really well. Um, yeah, and, and and so the other thing that I think is interesting about the Y, so it, it opens like with the display on the outside, and and but it's not symmetric, right? The hinge. So you basically have it. The the, the Samsung folds in two equal halves. Mm-hmm. The the uh, Huawei folds into one half. I guess so it's not a half. It's like sixty percent, and the other one is forty. Right. And what this allows is a or, thicker edge. That could, that heck like houses all the electronics. It's almost the like cameras. a long tube of lipstick. Correct, but thinner. But that's where all the tech is. And you can use that as a grip when the thing is unfolded. You need it because it's super thin. Exactly. <laughs> it's, and so it's, it's not like an super... iPad thi- uh, th- thin when you're when the display is out. It's like this foldable wallpaper TV. That's really how thin it's the display so, is. It's so clever of a design uh, yeah. because because of that, there's only three cameras on yes. it, or maybe four with a uh, time I think of flight. Three, yeah. I, I, you know, it's probably a, a time of flight that I didn't see, but I, you see three lenses. Oh, and, and there's um. So I asked. So I, there was, I think, three cameras. The Leica logo, and there's this button, and I was like, "What's that button?" Yeah, what is that? So it's when you when you close it, it's like your release button. Ah. So when you fold it shut, it locks it. It, in it, place, locks it in place, and then you press the button to to, right. un, to unfold. So because of that, like. Because of the design, when it's open, you get eight inches uninterrupted, almost bezel-less of display. Right. And then you can take photos with the back camera facing away from you because it's in that grip side thing on the right side. Or the left side, depending on how you hold it, because mm-hmm. I'm sure it can be held anyway. Yeah. And then if you fold it, you now get the front of it looks just like a Mate 20 Pro without a notch. It's like a notchless 6.6-inch display, so a little bigger than a Mate 20 Pro, but about the same size as, say, an iPhone, like chassis-wise, yes. an iPhone uh, I asked him to, Tennis Max. He had his Mate 20 Pro in a case, yeah. and I asked him to put them side-by-side side in phone mode. Uh, and the Mate 20 Pro even looked a little bit just slightly bigger. So with there the case. you go. So there, it's about the size and of And it's a, a little thicker because 1.1 centimeters. But here's the thing that blows my mind is that it just looks like a phone. And then if you flip it over at that point in closed mode, you get that 40% of that display rolled around the back right. that's now touching that little edge with the cameras and yes. all that. And that itself is a display and you can use that for that's selfies. Your ba- that's your back display because there is no selfie cam- camera. Yeah. So you can compose your own selfies, but... And? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you say it. Well, for me, so cool. if it's, uh, for me, 
the biggest problem in the Instagram community is when you have the Instagram boyfriend or girlfriend, or when you just ask someone to take your photo, yeah. you're really at the mercy of that person on the other end that who, who may or may not know how to take the photo or compose it well. So now you can see yourself. Right. You can kind of maybe adjust or even just be at the right. I don't know if that was what you meant, but yeah, totally you can what I choose meant. the right angle. Yeah. You can pick your angles now. Right. Oh, if, oh, that doesn't look flattering. So I basically, can move you, over get, here. you get two viewfinders. The, the front part of the screen becomes the main viewfinder for the person shooting. Yes. And then the back part where the cameras are is kind the, of your monitor, your monitor. for like, let's make sure that my hair is right. Yeah. And like a mirror. Oh, I it's find so the light cool. a little bit more. And I tried it today. I was like, can you please take a photo of oh, me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just, I mean, that's what I was most excited about. I mean, it's very practical for those who like to take photos. But even if you have a tourist on the street, I don't exactly. know if you want to let yeah, a tourist yeah. on the street yeah, hold your phone. That. But um, you can at least, oh, you can kind of like correct it before that image is taken. For sure. No, yeah. it's like, it's clever. And I mean, I'm not a big selfie person, but I get the cleverness. And I think it's, this is a very smart design in my opinion now there are a few issues and i can think of with this this system um oh i also want to point out the usb type c is on the edge of that that lipstick part yeah as you called it mm -hmm. a very clever design again so that you don't the have power it. button the fingerprint it does have a fingerprint sensor but it's on the side of the device yeah so you can use um, it so where the buttons are correct and there is a, a hybrid uh micro sd plus nano sim card yeah, yeah, slot as course. well there's thrown their in new the mix. whatever nm Nano memory card. Yeah. 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 So the other thing that, so the things that have made me scratch my head a bit and I kind of like, okay, so maybe not quite as good as I thought are the fact that, well, now that the display is exposed all the time because it's on the around, wraps around the back of basically the back of the phone when it's closed, you can scratch the back screen if you put it down on something or the front screen if you put it down on something. Well, it's not the front, it's the same screen, but it's like the front part of it. That's the, the question button. that I think the fear of most people on the comments. Because it's, it's not glass. Like people have to understand, and I'm sure the listeners know because they're pretty savvy here, my listeners, but it's glass. It's not glass that somehow magically folds. This is plastic and plastic is very scratch prone. And if you, all you have to look at like the, the, uh, the Moto Z series, they did that Z force and Z two force that had a plastic display that was shatterproof. So great shatterproof is those flexible OLED displays are going to be shatterproof, but they're going to scratch a lot. And, so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of coatings they come up with right. to protect They're aware of it. I mean, I asked that question as well, and they were like, we're Huawei. We're not going to put out a device that yeah. will embarrass us. So we're working on it. So I know that oh, it's... Oh, I a, know. Um, but, it's, but that is a very... For me, in the comment section, that has been the, the, the biggest yeah. issue that most people have had. And they have a case they showed. They do. And I don't, I didn't think, I didn't I don't think like I saw it physically. <laughs> I saw it in slides, so it's hard to judge. Yeah. I like that they thought about it and they look like they designed a case that seems pretty smart. Yeah. But they've, they've, they've got, they've done their homework. Yeah. And it looks, well, it's hard to judge, right? But at least from what we've seen from both companies, because regardless whether you like it or not, people have automatically begun comparing the two unreleased products yet. Today, from it's day one of MWC, based on what we've seen so far, it looks like the Huawei uh, Mate X is f is further along, yeah, or, or more or m more well thought out. But I could be wrong because I haven't seen or. Well, I mean, the big thing is user experience and software, and we all we know that both Samsung and Huawei have issues around the software. I mean, Samsung's gotten way better, but so far, what I've seen at the de at the developer conferences and the videos I've seen of the 
folding experience haven't really left me too excited. But I feel like what I've seen from Huawei is also a little clunky. But again, you know, these are early days. And and I feel it's a little maybe more polished because I think you've seen it in action even more than me yes, now. I've, and wow, it does seem like, wow. to work pretty it well, It does right? seem to work. I'm worried about how that plasticky display will look like. After like I a year or something. I have to touch it. Um, um, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, look. It's exciting because I'm more excited now after this Huawei Mate X announcement about folding phones. Before that, I was just like, okay, I'm excited about Moto Lenovo making a, Mo a razor, a razor? Yeah. that's using a folding display. That's cool. But eh, the rest of it, whatever. Like Samsung, I was never excited about. But now Huawei showed me something that I'm like, okay, I could I could see myself using yeah. that. And that's really, really cool. Now, the other thing that, you know, is a bit of a let, not a letdown, but it's going to, you know, stop people in their tracks other than the potential scratching of the display because it's on the outside is the price. Right. Because Samsung's 1980 and this is, is uh, 2,600 US, so 2290 euros, euros. Yeah. which is, and we know it's not going to translate directly to $2,600 because mm -hmm. you don't do that. You don't conversion rate yeah. the prices. They are generally going to be very close. It's yeah. going to be like basically about $2,300, yeah. which is a lot. But then again, look, I don't feel that's a problem. Like, I, and I, I, don't, I think people well. are going to say that you're crazy. People are sick and tired already of the galaxies and, and, the, and the iPhones costing $1,000 plus. To be, to be honest with you, I think a higher price in this is actually better in terms I of agree. marketing. Yes. Because you're like, it's oh my God, device. here's a phone that, yeah. that you cannot it's afford. Status. Yes, it's yeah. status. And the reality is this is not, I think what people need to, I know while the whole world, we're, we live in a world where everybody knows that tech is accessible and they can buy any high-end tech. Yeah. And I, I'm under, I understand if everybody's excited to get their hands on the device or go to a store and touch it. But the reality is this is a first-gen device. Yeah. It has a lot, a long way to, to, to go. Yeah. Uh, but but it, does need to, it does need to be sold Yeah. because we're not going to get to Gen 2, Gen 3, no. Gen 4 if Gen 1 doesn't go out with all its kinks and all its... Uh, literally. <laughs> <laughs> right, literally. Um, so it has to happen. And people who... I, don't, I, I will ask myself that question today. And I said, maybe I would have. Because I did pay... I, I was a young, uh, scrappy little boy when the first iPhone came out. And I still made you, sure yeah, I could go. get it. Yeah. And so I, I feel like hardcore tech geeks like us may actually... Uh, plunk down the cash to own it. And there will be status people, status chasers who will I buy this device regardless of yeah. how the experience is. And and I think it's not when you look at how much technology is in there, it, it has to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. And this is this is why TCL is working on making mm -hmm. these things cheaper. Yep. So and you you're know, owning a piece of history. I'm not gonna like knock them on price. But I know a lot of people are gonna be like, no way, right? And I get that. Um but let's move on and talk about Nokia because yes. I'm super excited about this. Well I'm say super excited because I, I really have to use it to become super excited. Mm -hmm. I'm super excited about the potential mm -hmm. of what the Nokia PureView, 9, nine Nokia 9, nine PureView Pure brings to the table because I'm an imaging person. I love photography. I love mobile photography. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Nokia has been, when they were still in part of Microsoft and independent. Or even before that. Yeah. Did a lot of really cool Nokia has always stuff. had a really, uh, a lo strong, had a long history of developing developments yeah. in mobile photography. Strong imaging. Way background. before the yeah. world. Right now, there's a 48 megapixel Sony sensor that any, fo any phone manufacturer can pop onto their phones. But back in the day, 
yeah five six seven years ago yeah they had the first 41 megapixel um peer yeah, view 808 the 808 and, yeah and so they've really been innovators in this in this space uh exactly and then a lot happened of course uh now they have this what yeah. they're doing is different um it's very it's a it's a new way of doing things yeah it kind of looks at when i first saw it i have to admit i mean the leaks i was yeah. like that's not no, right. That's, that's a photoshopped. photoshopped. I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looks like basically looks like a spider. Looks like spider eyes. Yeah. Uh, on the back of your uh, f- uh, of the of the the new Nokia nine, uh, but it's really interesting because five cameras, three monochrome sensors, two color. Two color. They're all f one point eight. They're all twelve megapixels. Same specs. They have large same, pixels. I can't same remember everything. the specs. Um, yeah. They take the photo all at the same time. And so that's the thing that's interesting. You know, this thing has a Snapdragon 845. seems a little behind. Mm-hmm. But here's what you have to remember. Mm-hmm. This is not using Qualcomm's ISP for the imaging. It's cre- They have their own ch- custom chip in there but- that they worked on with Light, the company who made that 16-camera camera, camera mm-hmm. uh, a while back. And it is... It shoots the five cameras at the same time every time you take a photo. Mm-hmm. And it combines the, the so, them for light and color. So each of those, yeah, has a different focus point. Each of those has a different metering as well. Yeah. Uh, so you're getting so much data exactly. on that raw And they can file. adjust these, da- these, this data as well. So it's like you, they can change the metering on each of them to suit the conditions. And it's really, cre- really clever, I think. Um, and, and again, the proof is going to be in using it, right? I can, right. I mean, a lot of people are like, yeah, you know, but but what's the what's the deal? Should should I care? And I'm like, competition photography is a deal, and you should care. And this is an example of how to do it. Uh, Google's doing it a different way. Leica and Huawei are doing it a different way. So, you know, other than that, the phone is. You know, just a phone, thirty three hundred twenty milliamp hours. I think so. Some people might some people might poop the fact that it's using last year's processor. Yeah. But what during my briefing, a rep, there was a rep from Qualcomm there as well, and they were like, and he was like, uh, "What you need to know is this is the first time that our uh, ISP has been used to uh, to its full potential." Oh, so it is Qualcomm's ISP. Yes. I thought Light was ISP, using their yes. own chip. So I think it's Light technology. Is there's Light technology there because there was a rep from Light. But uh, the ISP and DSP, he's like, and are on this are on this Qualcomm chip, oh, wow. and he's like, this is the first time you've you've ever maximized, maximized it. You know it. how, like, we've built the technology, take it and make it your own. Yeah, and and people bar- barely scratch the surface. And one good example is that he was like, um, oh, I, uh, is that the 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 files, the 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 depth information that you get from all the data when you take a photo is usually less than a mega megabyte. Okay. Uh, these ones are nine to twelve. Holy, that's crap. how much data they're capturing. So they've had so so Qualcomm was, I guess, really excited. They don't need the eight five five because they've been working on the eight four five for a while now. Yeah, and they've really been able to maximize that. So they're really thrilled about this partnership. Light, um, the the light partnership is a dedicated light lux capacitor <laughs> for more inputs. So yeah. Oh. Five instead of three, I think. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, look, the reality is they've been working on this for a long time, which is part of the reason this is a nine, uh, uh, 845, and yeah. it's, you know, they needed to stay with that platform to optimize it for that platform. I'm excited to shoot I want to get a review in it. I'm, I'm hearing that it's coming to the U.S., mm-hmm. and... Probably not to a carrier, but possibly to BNH, which would make a lot of sense since they sell photo, photo. photo It really gear. is geared, so I asked them because... It's you know, limited edition, right? Yes. 
They want to make. They were very clear about it. it's limited edition, and you know, in in terms of in Nokia world, they have. I don't know if they have them all already. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. But in terms of numbering, you think nine being the highest number is the flagship, and they're clear to point out to clarify it is not the flagship. Right. It you need to see this as a special, a device, special device for and yeah. and it's really meant for photographers because they have a partnership with uh, Adobe uh, Lightroom. Lightroom, yeah. And that app has been customized. Or tweaked to to Take support the profiles, of the crazy raw files that come out yeah. of that. Thing. So when yeah. when the raw when when you get those raw fi- raw data, Lightroom knows exactly what to do with all that data. Which is cool. So yeah, I'm pretty excited to. I can't wait. Um, and it's not what was the price point? It's not too expensive. So the global average price point is five ninety nine euros. Yeah, and I think they said six forty nine US or something. So that's. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. For, Don't uh, quote me on that, yeah. but it's off the top of my head. But look, the reality is, you know, you're getting Snapdragon 845, 6 gigs of RAM, 120 gigs of storage, no micro SD. You're getting uh, a, a P- 20 OLED meg- 2K display. Yeah. It's six inches, 599, uh, 5.99. It is, uh, looks good, the display. It's 89. There's no, there's no notch or weirdness. It's small bezel, top uh-huh. and bottom. It looks a lot like the LG G6. Yes. Right? Because yes. it's painted. Yes. It's painted and around. Circular, yeah. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that design. I want to see more phones with that. Like, I like white bezel phones. I'm still a, I have I a don't, white G6 and I don't with mind the gold the, accents. Nice. It's so great. I don't mind a, a little bit of forehead and no. chin. That means tiny. And then um, it has, you know, I said 33, 20 milliamp hour battery, USB-C, no headphone jack. No uh, headphone jack. It In does... display fingerprint sensor. Oh, it does. Yeah, I did. I yeah. missed that. Yeah, I was wondering where it was because mm-hmm. it's not in the back. So I missed that in my video, folks, uh, which is on YouTube. You should watch it. Um, and you should watch uh, MJ's. Oh, yeah, my hands-on video. Yeah, there's lots of yeah. hands-on videos. <laughs> well, we'll link to everything. Um, and then in the show notes. And then um, the other thing I wanted to say about that phone is that it's pretty thin. It's like six millimeters or something. It's surprisingly thin when you consider how much stuff it packs. And there's a 20 megapixel front camera, which is a really weird number, uh, but whatever. I'm sure it's not. Spatial audio. It's not, I'm sure the front camera is okay. It's not great. Yeah. So it's it's great. I think the photos, of course the proof is in the pudding. The proof is in the photos. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, in this Uh, case, yes. But I mean, also, I mean, I realized too, you know, I, I know a lot of my friends who just like to take photos and spend hours and hours editing their photos. Yeah, so yeah. this is that for that kind of user. Correct. It's not for you who wants to immediately just post. It's not for Pixel 3 out of camera. and iPhone users yeah. who just want Instagram. I like, I, yeah, I will just do a little minor edits on Instagram. Then maybe it's not for me. But if you really want to tweak and yeah. If you should raw or something. Yeah. But this might be the way forward. I mean, of course, I always am a believer that uh, in 2019, it's all about a combination of really great hardware, innovative hardware, yeah. and computational photography. Uh, there is computational photography is here as well. well obviously, obviously, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, interestingly, though, there is no OIS on any of the lenses because coordinating OIS on five lenses mm. is a math problem of its own. And and I get that. And if you look at what Huawei did with AI stabilization, I, I think you can get away with today, um, you know, not having OIS if you know how to do it right computationally. Right. And so, you know, they have so much data here to play with that I think it'll be okay. But again, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I briefly want to mention that there's a bunch of other Nokia phones that were launched. I don't know. Uh, the 3.2 or 4.2 or 1. 
Uh, yes. Yeah, a bunch of new ones. There's a 210, that really small one. The, the 210 Nokia is 1 35 US dollars. It's a dumb phone, but it's amazing. It's the kind it's of a feature phone. phone. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of phone you just want to like put in a glove box or something. There's the Nokia One Plus, the Nokia 3.2. That's it. And 4.2. 3.2 is 129 euros, and the 4.2 is 169. So I, I'm, we're not going to go through the specs because I want to talk about other stuff. But yeah. if you go online there, Gadget Match will have the specs. I'll link to that. Because you should check out that 3.2 and 4.2. Because at those price points, 139 USD and 169 USD, I'm like, oh, oh, Moto G7 competitor almost. The yeah. chip's not quite as fast. But if you look at the specs and the design chops on these, right. you're like, wow, we yeah. might have ourselves finally I something that can give Moto a run for that its money. I, I think that is well, I know the importance of these these price points in in developing countries like in Southeast Asia and in India, but even in the U.S., I realize having seen both sides of the coin here, it is as price sensitive. Yeah, and a lot of people are very price sensitive, and when they ask for for recommendations, the budget is always below what I normally can. <laughs> I know, I know, and I know. so. I've always, I not that I dislike Motorola because I love what they're doing, but I love to see that competition in these lower price yeah. points, and I think that's what exactly what they're trying to do. And in the this US. is very exciting. Yeah. So check it out. Um, I want to move on to the next thing on my list, which was LG. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Microsoft and the Hololens too, but I didn't go. I have actually purposely not read anything about it because I want to cover that on another show. Okay. Because it's it's a it whole was topic a very, of its own. It was. I was overwhelmed yesterday. There was a lot. Uh, and maybe yeah. <laughs> more technical than I'm ready for. Well, I mean, it's still, you know, again, still early days in, in uh, wearable AR headsets uh, like the HoloLens. But so. you're right. I can really see the future coming. Oh, it's, it's coming. becoming clearer and clearer. I know, I know. Yeah. So um, LG launched, surprisingly, two phones. Mm-hmm. Um, the G8 ThinQ, which we expected. But normally the V series comes out in the fall mm-hmm. and they announce a V50 which is a 5G phone, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. So we now have officially, I've counted. How many? Uh, well, I don't know if I've counted them all, but in my count, I have Xiaomi with a Mi Mix 3 5G. 5G. I have Samsung, Samsung with a Galaxy S10 5G, and I have LG. LG with a V50 5G. Right. And I'm sure there will be more from Oppo and Vivo and others, and OnePlus obviously soon. Um, but to, so far, officially at NWC, officially three, those right? are the three. Me too. Yeah, and so that's exciting. So uh, let's quickly tell you about them. So what I thought was, okay, I want to be honest. These phones are very evolutionary. They don't feel very high tech to me. And other than the 5G, obviously, which is pretty, pretty modern. But um, I just, you know, LG has this problem where they're saying, well, our mobile unit is not doing so well. But I feel like they're not really trying. Like when you see what Xiaomi has to show and Samsung has to show and Huawei has to show, you're kind of like, where are you, LG? Like, are you even around? Like, are you caring? And and here's here's my case for that argument. Um, the G8 feels to me like a G7 where they just updated the Snapdragon to an 855, um, changed the really beautiful IPS LCD panel into an beautiful OLED, OLED panel. Yes. And and then they added a time of flight, a, a very advanced, very modern, very new next-gen, like, you know, time of flight uh, 3D sensor to the front camera system. Meaning you can now do essentially secure face unlock, which is what Face ID is on the iPhone, which is what 
unlock is on the Mate 20 Pro, which actually... Which no longer is available on the Samsung head iris for a while. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so this, what I'm talking about is it's, it's, it's great to have secure face unlock on your phone. And I'm glad Android is finally following suit after two years of Apple doing it. Right. But my point is that uh, it's it doesn't seem enough, you know, to have a phone that almost aesthetically is identical, has only two cameras in the back... Not counting Korea, which has a model. This is so confusing because the V50 has three cameras in the back. Yes, and so then the, 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 the V40 as well. But the G8 in Korea only has three cameras in the back. Um, so the two cameras we get in, the, in Europe and in, in US and Canada and, and most of Asia is uh, the usual wide angle regular. And then the tele is only for, for Korea, right? So, and thankfully they fixed some stuff. There is a bigger battery this year, 3,500 milliamp hour, which combined with the 855 should give it a really long battery life. Um, they made little changes like the display is a speaker alongside the normal speaker. So right. you now have kind of like the high end, uh, like high frequencies on the on the glass mm -hmm. and the low frequencies on the speaker. Uh, like there's innovation there, but it's very iterative. And it feels to me like, especially cosmetically, they really even tried to... to, to cosmetically, there weren't a lot they're, of They're very... Changes, like yeah. they just, you know... Samsung has its own design language. Even Nokia has its own design language. Huawei has its own design Where is LG's design language? They settled on something for a while. I think when they got to the... I think it was a V30 where I kind of thought, oh, this is this feels like it is I mean, it's signature a, it's LG. A, it's understated and it's well done. It's beautiful in the materials and build quality. There's no doubt. I don't want to knock them on that. I just feel like they need a personality to make it really stand out. So they out. tried to do something this year with their magical gestures. Oh, yeah. Um, but, you know, it does... For me, it, it feels like a gimmick. A, a it's bit. totally uh, a gimmick. They, you know, they... Instead of fingerprint, rec well, they do have fingerprint recognition still. They have palm. They have palm they read ID. The veins. So this time of flight sensor that lets you do face on uh, secure face unlock lets you do this gesture stuff and the vein palm. Hemo yeah, so unlock. apparently hemoglobin uh, is uh, absorbs or reflects. Light. I can't remember. Yeah, I think light. it absorbs. It absorbs infrared. light. Yeah. Yes, infrared light. So that's how they kind of yeah, use so it to measure your unique. They say it's even safer than a fingerprint in terms of like. Is and it's interesting, but I don't see myself hovering my hand. And I, it's also yeah. slow. I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, the gestures are slow too. But look, the gestures. I actually found of a use case. I thought of a use case that works with gesture. People with disabilities. This is a big deal. I think five, three, two, very soon, all phones will have time of flight sensors front and back. And for people with disability, they'll be able to use gestures to control things, right. which, you know, if you have problems with fine motor control, right. it's going to be a big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give them a shot and, and not call the gestures a gimmick just yet. Maybe gestures are the future. I just don't I, see myself ever using I don't, them. Like well, phone is I feel like if I was maybe washing the dishes, which I do. Right. In the kitchen. And then, and then you it. don't want, yeah, and your hands are dirty and you kind of want to turn on the volume or something. But maybe this you is could. something you want on a Google Home. Not, not on your phone, that's true. right? That's, that's kind true. of how I see it. That's true. So, so again, you know, looking at the V50, we're looking at basically a V40 repackaged with 5G with a Snapdragon 855. The cameras in the back are identical. The cameras in the front are identical. The display, I think, is identical. I mean, it's probably slightly better because it's about the same size and it's OLED. Mm -hmm. But it's like, also, what's the differentiator between the G8 and the V50, so, other than 5G and the time of flight camera on the right. on the G8. The G, the, it now is almost like the Samsung release where there's the, the plus the model exactly. and the baby model. But then That's do that. That's what you have, yeah. You know, then do that. Mm. I don't, I don't, it just feels weird to me. 
But they but also right. they also showed a case accessory for oh, the V fifty. That is a second display. I only saw pictures. I haven't seen the real deal. So Are it, they, it was uh, it was at the demo area. Oh. I didn't catch it. It was there briefly. I saw somebody getting a demo. Ran oh, there and it was too late. Okay. I think they might have at their booth, and we can always see if Ken has something for us. Yeah. But I think that that's you know that was kind of like the the LG's cheap. I I don't mean cheap in a pejorative way. Like, I don't mean cheap in a dismissive way but i mean cheap as in affordable way of doing a folding phone in a way it's interesting like, because lg has really been oh, sorry i'm no, sorry to end your thought you're right it's a neck it just felt to me like it's it's really be- like it's a beautiful you know made by lg case for your v50 that adds a sec a very thin second, second display, display over usb type c it's very clever so i get what you're saying we and as much as brands think that we hate them, uh, and not that I, LG does think that I hate them, but you know, if, if brands think that I hate them because I'm being mean to them, I think most of us tech journalists are actually we 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 cheer for everybody. Yeah, we want everybody to to to, to do well, even if we do end up sounding critical. I I have been hoping to I've been hoping and waiting to see LG to go back to the glory that it once I know. had. I remember having the. I don't know long all oh, my age Samsung Galaxy S3 I think LG yeah. G, or I guess the, S4 and the G2 the and I love the G2 more oh, than I love amazing. the S4 yeah, um, and so there was a time when they were neck and neck um, I mean the mods were an ex- exciting experiment even if they didn't do so well um, so I, I wish they're they've kind of been they've fallen up behind in the camera department Samsung too might be a just putting that out there. Um, well, yeah, with players with like Huawei, Huawei now. Yeah, and, and Nokia doing this. And Google. And yeah. the, the S9 camera isn't necessarily that much better. I, I'm worried about Samsung. But anyway, I, I feel like... But LG is such great. is known for its OLED panels, its flexible displays, its rollable things. Yeah, right? They, they have it in them to be able to wow us. I know. And do something that's uniquely... That they can be known for. Because I think to be successful in this fiercely competitive smartphone industry you have to be really good at one thing at least to be that value proposition and, that and you know offer. for a while i was a huge fan of lg imaging uh mm, photography like even when the v40 was announced first phone with three cameras and i was like yeah yeah and then i was like oh you didn't put ois on uh, telephoto or whatever there was something i didn't like about it yeah. and then and then while we dropped the Mate 20 Pro and yeah. it was like basically mic drop. It was yeah. like, you're done because you can't even compare. Like yeah. it's so much better. Yeah, and, and it's harder because, so I'm like, or find a more competitive price point to, to compete in because it's hard for me as a reviewer to see what's out there. And to even to, to when I approach my review LG reviews, sometimes I'm stuck because I don't know what I can say that could make the video exciting. Right. And that's the same here. It's like, you know, I did my hands-on video, you'll see it, and I'm just like, for the just the G8, and I was just like, I want to love this phone, but give me some reason. Me too. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's how, yeah. So there's one last thing, because we have to wrap up soon, yeah. is uh, unfortunately we can't cover everything, but hopefully I'll have another show soon that will cover the rest. So, uh, because there's going to be more announcements, uh, Nubia is doing something tonight that I don't know about. Um, but Sony this morning yes. launched the Xperia 1 mm-hmm. and the Xperia 10, and the Xperia 1 is their flagship. I did not make the press conference, it was too early, but I did read up on it a little bit. It turns out the Xperia 1 is a flagship phone, the Snapdragon 855. Does that have 5G? I uh, know. Okay. And it has 
a crazy camera system, and on top of that, it has a 21 to 9 display that's 4K. So if the, the 6 smartphones inch, right? over the last two years or one and a half years have become less wide, narrower, but taller, I but love this that one is ratio. even taller. I've been saying for a while in the podcast that somebody needs to do 21 to 9 on a normal chassis that we have today to make it narrower so it's easier for one-handed use. And they, I'm not sure they did that because I think it's 6.5 inch. I'm it's not it's sure. a big phone. So I didn't get a Sony brief. Brief, and so <laughs> I, I am like, I don't, I have other things to do, but yeah, I, I'm going to go I, and check it out I'm tomorrow. Gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go by what I heard. I'm going to check it out. But basically, they made a couple of main range phones called the Xperia 10 and Xperia 10 Plus or something like that. A bigger but the one. one is what excites but the me. The one is really what's excites me, and the imaging system it's got triple camera, from what I understand. So what excites me about the the, and I've said this over and over again. I love the the, the history of the Sony Xperia. I, I I was a fan of their boxy form factor. Oh, I love their and boxy form And Sony makes most of their too. money making imaging sensors for every other smartphone <laughs> manufacturer, Witness, including the Nokia 9. Witness oh, no. the 48-megapixel oh, yeah. sensor that everybody's oh, not Nokia 9, using. Sorry. Yeah, but it's, 40, it's great. Every, so every every other amazing smartphone camera has a Sony sensor. Why can't you make... I know. Why can't you be the leaders in the space? I am a fan, however, of because Sony. Because they make phone... They make cameras. I am a fan of the Sony Alpha cameras. That exactly. I swear by them. They are the I best. highly recommend them. The, the, I hear that the Alpha team is the one that tuned these cameras. Oh, boy. So, if, if based on that description, it all works out, then maybe, just maybe, because at the end of the day, while they do make great sensors, it's about how you use them. The software, software. Yeah. yeah, behind it. So, and, and computational photography yeah. today. So, if maybe, maybe, they t- maybe they will finally correct that issue. I mean, I'm just, I think it's worth mentioning because Agreed. even though, in, especially in the US, we don't think of Sony smartphones, they come out with a new phone at least every six months. They do some cool stuff. They have they great make, design. Aesthetic. They make great design. Mm. I love this 21 to 9 thing. A 4K display on a smartphone seems like overkill. But if you're into content consumption and creation, yeah, why not? Mm. And as I think it's HDR10 compatible. It's insane. So this display is kind of the star of the show. It's not the first phone that Sony's done with I would 4K. love to review this phone because I want to know, they is did. this form factor the way to go is yeah. because I like people who, who offer me a new proposition totally. to change the way that I Didn't think. Didn't they do like a really big 4K display phone a while back? Oh, this is the first, by the way, what is it? The first 4K OLED. It's a 4K OLED. Wow. It's a 4K okay, OLED, crazy. I think. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll let you know more. They do 4K um, HDR. They're the only ones who do 4K HDR. Uh, yeah. Yeah, video recording oh, yeah. and display. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, stay tuned. Go to Gadget Match to get the news part because we don't know our specs by heart because <laughs> we haven't been briefed. But I just want to mention it because, the, the, you know, that brings us to now. And we've already covered the Qualcomm announcement. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's Monday afternoon. Um, stay tuned for more uh, from MWC. But in the meantime, that's it for now. Um, so do you want to tell everyone on the show where they can find you online, both Gadget Match, but also on you know, yourself. I would love for you to, to head over to our YouTube channel. Well, there are a lot of videos there, youtube.com slash gadgetmatch. Of course, gadgetmatch.com. We always say make it your daily habit. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Michael Josh. There you go. And you know where to find me. I'm Tankerl on Twitter and Instagram. That's T-N-K-G-R-L, just like the comic book, but drop the vowels. And uh, 
I, my uh, YouTube channel is just my name. So if you can't remember how to spell my name, go to my Twitter and look at my name. And then do YouTube.com slash my name, which is Miriam Joar, M-Y. And uh, you can find some complimentary videos to this podcast, like hands-on, some reviews, some un- lots of unboxings. I like unboxing things. I don't know why. Um, and then, um, and thankfully, I get a lot of things to unbox, so it's good. Uh, and then, uh, of course, I also want to thank our sponsor, Audible, Audible.com. You know, they're a pretty awesome platform they for are. reading. They are. Uh, for books. I use them. Yeah, I use them too. And uh, I think for a lot of us, we like to read, but we can't physically read books or even ebooks because we're traveling so much. So we need to be on planes, trains, taxis. And sometimes it's just like listening to a podcast. You can put your headphones on, noise canceling. I'm listening to the new, the new book by Marie Kondo. This, oh, yeah. Well, Spark Joy. Well, she's a big hit now. I, I listened course. to her first book, uh, The, the Art of, of Tidying Up. On Audible many years ago. Does she read them or is somebody else uh, no, reading them? No, she doesn't read them, unfortunately. But that's the thing. They always pick really good narrators it, it, it's and al- It almost feels like her. I really do love, though, what I love about Audible is when they get the author to read it. Correct. And especially and when, it's like when Ellen reads her books. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Michelle Obama uh-huh. read her book. Yeah. Um, so that, that's actually like an additional thing that you don't get when you're reading. Totally. Yeah, when you so, you know, check out it. audible.com. Uh, specifically, if you are in a situation like you're driving all day, you want to read books, but you can't read them, and you want to listen to them, they're the absolute must-have platform. And I want to encourage you to go in the show notes and check out the, the deal we have. Uh, we get 30-day free trial for the for members of the podcast, and if you actually uh, click on the link there, you'll you'll help you'll help us out. Yeah, so do that. It's audibletrial.com/mobiletech. Audibletrial.com/mobiletech is how you're gonna support the podcast and get a deal at audible.com. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks, uh, Michael. Thanks for Josh, having me. I always being on the show. talking with you. Yeah, it was a good time. We'll have more from the show, as I previously mentioned, hopefully soon. But I'll definitely have a show next week to recap. So stay tuned for that. Cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.